Farmers are the heartbeat of rural America. Congress recently invested $20 billion in America's farmers and ranchers, focusing on conservation practices and profits for future generations. Today, these funds are at risk. You're squawking over $20 billion. That USDA program, it's investment into the future for everybody. If the funding was eliminated, it could hurt farms and families. Tell Congress, protect this generational investment in the Farm Bill. Learn more at investinourland.org. Paid for by Invest in Our Land. All right, race and violence in our cities. Well, that's an easy one also. I mean, law and order. The nation needs law and order. Welcome to Nerdcast. I'm Scott Bland. The president sort of has these prepackaged ways of circumventing the actual topic to talk about what he likes to talk about, which is just a, a classic of sort of the pundit class. The first presidential debate between Joe Biden and President Donald Trump is only a few days away. Answer the question that you want to answer, not the one that was asked. Here's the deal. They've got three 90-minute debates. So altogether, that's 270 minutes. Each one is divided up into these 15-minute topic segments. So that adds up to 18 sets of 15 minutes, basically. Mm -hmm. Each one of these 15-minute segments is really valuable real estate. Sorry, your time is up. Thank you. Your time is up. Oh, wait a minute. Can I have... That's time. Thank you. A little bit of time here, please. And the last topic of Tuesday's debate will be on the integrity of the election. That's what they're going to spend one-sixth of the debate talking about, which, if you stop to think about it for a second, that is a completely wild thing for them to have to use one of these segments to be talking about. But as it happens, it's coming just a few days after Donald Trump stood in the White House briefing room and kind of blew off a question about whether he would accept a peaceful transfer of power. There won't be a transfer, frankly. There'll be a continuation. Uh, The ballots are out of control. You know it. Yeah, it's going to be totally fascinating to see where the president goes there. And I expect that behind the scenes, this is actually probably an area where those who were involved in his debate prep are preparing an answer. Gabby Orr, you're one of our White House reporters. And I imagine this is all you've been thinking about lately. Do you ever get sick of this stuff, by the way? (laughs) Um, I'm such a political junkie that I, like, live for these things, so I'm so excited for the first debate. Nerd. I admit it. I'm really looking forward to this debate, too. So you've been checking in with Trump's team. What's the situation there? Is he cramming for the big test, or is he kind of coasting into Tuesday? Well, the president is doing something called debate prep. Um, He's been meeting with Chris Christie and Scott Walker and Reince Priebus, people who were deeply involved in his preparations for the 2016 debates against Hillary Clinton, to the extent that which he is playing against a fake Biden. Uh, We don't know that he's done that yet. He has told reporters that he plans to at some point, but for the most part, his debate prep has just been to review previous videos of Joe Biden back during his vice presidency debating Paul Ryan. I know you're under a lot of duress to make up for lost (laughs) ground, but I think people will be better served if we don't keep interrupting each other. Debating Sarah Palin. Corporate America has been rewarded some time. We change it. Barack Obama will change it. Say it ain't so, Joe. And then also to watch the Democratic primary debates in which the former vice president obviously faced off against a number of opponents. Vice President Biden, you're just simply inaccurate. As Joe Biden said, Joe Biden told wealthy donors. Uh, by the way, how boring are those debates? Are they boring? 
As far as the messaging goes, though, the president and his campaign could not be more different. You know, Scott, if you've seen any Trump rally this week. And I got a debate coming up with this guy. The president has talked about how he thinks that Joe Biden is on performance enhancing drugs or will be during the first debate. You never know. They give him a big fat shot in the ass and he comes out. (laughs) And for two hours, he's better than ever before. I mean, he's made erroneous claims like that. He has said that the former vice president will be declared the winner of the debate as long as he safely makes it on and off the stage. I mean, he's really sort of diminished the expectation for Biden. And at the same time, in the last four to six weeks, you've seen his own campaign say something totally different and say that, you know, Biden is a creature of Washington. He's been in D.C. for 47 years. He has experience on the debate stage as a former vice president, as a Democratic primary opponent, and as just a senator who engaged in debate all the time. So really, we're just getting two completely divergent messages here. And I think that spells trouble ahead for the president coming out of this first debate. Yeah, I mean, that sounds a little bit like campaign malpractice. But actually, this is something we've seen over and over where the campaign or the White House will try and kind of painstakingly set up a message and Trump will just kind of undo it in, you know, a flurry of thumbs on Twitter in the morning or at one of his rallies or something like that. But something you just said really struck me. In terms of Trump's debate prep, or at least what they're calling debate prep, he's watching videos of Biden. He's talking about what Biden has done. What about preparing his own answers to to big questions? I mean, that strikes me as uh, far more important. Yeah, I mean, you would think so. But take what you just said about the fact that anytime the Trump campaign has laid out or prepared a message for the president to utilize at his rallies or in his convention speech, he always flouts that. He always sort of favors just off-the-cuff organic responses. And I think that's exactly what you can expect to see from him in the first debate and probably the two that follow. Whether or not that's a sound strategy for a presidential debate is a whole nother question. But, you know, I think the primary reason that the president is watching Biden's past performances is to figure out what his ticks are, what sets him off. You know, one campaign advisor that I spoke with said that whenever Biden is frustrated, he says, come on, folks, come on, folks. Come on. And that's just a common refrain that you hear from him when you can tell that he's frustrated about something. And so the goal of the president is to try and get Biden into that sort of headspace. And look, the 2016 debates with Hillary Clinton are a great example of what works well for Trump and what doesn't. I think he went into the first debate against her overprepared to the point where, you know, he did have prepackaged answers. It was less sort of combative in the way you saw during a lot of the Republican primary debates. And then in the second two, it was sort of when he really let loose and had some one-liners, some zingers, if you will. And I think that's the Trump that his advisors are sort of resigned to seeing in his debates against Biden. Huh. Like you said, you know, Biden has a pretty long history of debates for Trump to study and break down. I mean, it sounds almost like a, a football film session a little bit, but are there any particular moments that they're zooming in on? Well, the two debates that the Trump campaign has brought up repeatedly in my conversations with them is his debate against Paul Ryan as vice president. They feel like that was a debate where Biden was pretty sharp. 
and then his one-on-one -on -one debate against Senator Bernie Sanders at the end of the Democratic primary. Uh, that was a debate where the expectations for Biden were probably much higher than at any other point during the Democratic primary. And the Trump campaign feels like Biden held his own. They thought that that was indicative of the fact that he can go toe-to-toe -to -toe against this president. They're looking for ways to trap him on substance. And I think a good example of that would be a moment during the CNN town hall that he just did a couple of weeks ago where he was asked about previous statements that he's made about fracking. There's no rationale to eliminate right now fracking. And where he stands now, you know, there was a bit of a flip-flop there or views that are tough to reconcile. So I think the Trump campaign is mainly looking for opportunities where they can repeat that moment, whether it's on environmental issues, energy, China is a big issue that they're planning to go after Biden on, cultural issues, law and order. I mean, you name it, this debate will be full of moments where the president really does try to put Biden in a pickle. But, you know, through all of the messages that we've seen in the lead up to this debate, I actually think the president has put himself in a pickle just heading into the debate without even, you know, making it on the stage against Biden because of this constant refrain that we've heard that, you know, Biden lacks the cognitive abilities to be president, that he doesn't really know what's going on, that he never leaves his basement. This guy doesn't have a clue. He doesn't know where the hell he is. He has so diminished the expectations for the former vice president. And this is something that, you know, I have Trump officials, former White House officials saying on the record that they're really concerned that the president is going to emerge from this debate potentially humiliated if Biden does have a couple of memorable blows against him. You know, you mentioned Trump trying to set traps for Biden. Are there any traps they're anticipating, you know, situations that they're trying to figure out how Trump can wriggle his way out of? Absolutely. Coronavirus will probably be the biggest line of attack that they're anticipating. The other thing is that they sort of feel as though Biden is going to arrive at the first debate and make the case that the president has created a number of problems that he's simultaneously proved incapable of solving. So they're expecting that Biden will turn, you know, the violence that we've seen, the looting, the rioting back on the president and say, this is happening under your watch. You know, why can't you change it? Why are you saying that this is something that will only be solved if you get another four years? Can it be solved now? Same thing goes with the economy and with the coronavirus pandemic. I mean, these are issues where there are tangible examples that the former vice president can point to and say, the president acted too slowly to do this. And this is why this is happening. And so I think for the most part, that's really where they're expecting the Democrat to go. But it's such a tough task to predict what this debate is possibly going to look like. Um, it could just be an all out shouting match. Who really knows? <laughs> well, it would be something to watch. That's for sure. We talked through a couple of the topics here. The Commission on Presidential Debates actually released the other day the list of six 15-minute segments that the debate is going to be focused on. You've spent the last little while trying to get inside Trump's preparations and inside Trump's head for the debate. As Trump, how do you think he would respond to each of these topics, you know, like lightning round? First one's the Biden and Trump records. What's Trump's message going to be on that one? 
I think you're going to hear a lot of the socialism message here. The president's going to say that he is, uh, you know, a great defender of the capitalist system that he created, in his words, the greatest economy in the world, and that all of that would be dismantled under a, a Biden agenda. Let's see what's up next. Supreme Court. Supreme Court. What's the message there? Oh, goodness. Well, this debate will be <laughs> three days after the president announces his nominee for the Supreme Court. So I expect that he'll do everything he can to prop up that person and to lean on their credentials. We expect that it's going to be a Catholic woman and a mom. And I think you're going to hear all three of those things emphasized by the president. Okay, COVID-19, that's the third topic. What's the Trump message on COVID-19? China and vaccines. You'll hear the president reiterate that he issued his ban on travel from China back in February. And you'll hear him probably reiterate his promise that we'll see a vaccine before the end of the year. Man, that just feels like, I mean, there's like a year of time there for Biden to just like drive a truck through, though, between one thing and the other. Yeah, it's certainly the president's most vulnerable spot heading into this debate. Uh, All right. Topic number four, the economy. I think this, not to be redundant, but I think it goes back to what I said earlier, (laughs) you know, the capitalism versus socialism argument that we've heard the Trump campaign make for for six months now. Yeah, potentially in preparation for running against a different candidate other than Joe Biden. Yes. as, As Biden himself has said. All right. Topic number five, race and violence in our cities. Well, that's an easy one also. I mean, law and order. The, the president sort of has these prepackaged ways of circumventing the actual topic to talk about what he likes to talk about, which is just a classic of sort of the pundit class. <laughs> answer the question that you want to answer, not the one that was asked. And I think that's what you're going to see when he gets asked about the violence that we've seen and about racial injustice and systemic racism. There won't be any sort of introspection about those topics. It will all be about law and enforcement and defending law enforcement. The last topic that they said is going to be in the first debate is the integrity of the election, which, I mean, if you just stop to think about it for a second, is is a completely wild thing mm-hmm. to have to want to spend one of those 15-minute chunks on. Yeah, it's going to be totally fascinating to see where the president goes there. And I expect that behind the scenes, this is actually probably an area where those who were involved in his debate prep are preparing an answer or, you know, telling him this is what you should say on this topic, because he's really been all over the place for not only his candidacy back in 2016, but during his presidency. And this will come, of course, on the heels of further news that Russia is attempting to and has meddled in this presidential election cycle as well. So I think the pressure will be on the president. The onus will be on him to really have a clear answer. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, just outside the debate, right? He's said the only way I can lose is in a rigged election. And, you know, I'm I'm spending all this time right now in my other non-nerd cast job, like, you know, thinking through our election night results and how we want to be displaying those and how we want to be dealing with the fact that so much of the vote is going to be cast by mail and counted in the days following election night as opposed to the night of and just all the scenarios that, that come up with that. And it uh, feels like a not good situation is brewing given what Trump is repeatedly saying about the election. His campaign is putting out mailers right now, encouraging people to vote by mail. And, you know, the president, meanwhile, is subverting confidence in uh, mail-in ballots and absentee voting at every point that he can. So it, it will be interesting to see what he says on that topic, not just on foreign meddling in our elections, but also what kind of confidence he has in the results on election night. 
Absolutely. You know, something I've been thinking through with this is that it doesn't always happen, but there's kind of this curse of the first debate a little bit for presidents. Obama came into the first one against Romney in 2012 and did not perform particularly well. George W. Bush was a judge to have lost the first debate against John Kerry in 2004. It's like, you know, presidents kind of spend four years in a bit of a bubble where, like, they're at the top of the food chain making decisions, and then all of a sudden they're standing up on stage next to someone who's on an equal footing with them, and it just, like, throws them a little bit. Do you think we might see that, or does Trump's reveling in combat prepared him a little bit better for this kind of situation? (laughs) I think it's probably the latter. You know, I think he's insulated himself from the curse of the incumbency a bit just based on his personality and the way that he's conducted himself in office and the fact that you know he does take questions in a rather combative setting almost every single day so Mm. i don't know that that's going to prepare him any more than it would prior incumbents heading into the first presidential debate but i do think that he's a a unique character and and i wouldn't expect the sort of same rustiness that we've seen in past presidents impact his performance. Have you traded notes with uh, any of the reporters covering Joe Biden about how his debate prep looks? I haven't, but I've been staying on top of the coverage of how Biden is preparing. And I think the most obvious difference is that Biden is actually spending significant time preparing versus the president who occasionally has meetings with his debate prep team, you know, occasionally gets briefings during flights to whichever rally he's holding. I think he's done debate prep while out on the golf course. So, you know, the level of investment in preparing for this first debate by both campaigns is clearly different. And it's hard to tell if that's going to make much of a difference on Tuesday night. Yeah, I mean, I guess that gets to the question of how much do these things really matter? There's clear potential for them to matter, even if they don't always change anything. But it takes a a big moment to make them make a big difference. Yeah, I mean, this is one of those things where it's really hard to predict. But if you go back and you look at previous presidential debates, there have been debates that you can point to that moment and say, this is what changed the election, or this is what won this election for this candidate. I don't know that that was necessarily the case in 2016. You know, that might be different this time around, but debates don't usually have much of an impact. If anything, it's marginal, and it's probably with voters who were sort of on the edge already and came away from the debates more confident in supporting the candidate they were ultimately leaning toward heading into the debate. You know, something I'm very interested in watching, obviously what Trump says is going to be very important. What Biden says is going to be very important. I'm very curious to see how the moderator, Chris Wallace, performs during this first debate. The Fox News host just did a very combative interview with Trump. And, you know, he moderated one of the debates in 2016, too. But since then, I think he kind of built up a reputation as someone who's willing to jump in on an answer if he feels like the question isn't being answered properly. Pre-existing conditions will always be taken care of by me and Republicans, 100%. But you've been in office three and a half years. You don't have a plan. Well, we haven't had. uh, Excuse me. Yeah, I I think we can infer from the president's Twitter feed that he's probably not happy that this is going to be moderated by Chris Wallace. Uh, He has criticized Wallace at previous points after watching interviews or participating in interviews with him. 
He's also, you know, criticized Fox News more frequently in the last few months. And that could easily come up during this debate if he feels like Wallace is interrupting him or asking unfair questions. One of the most common ways in which the president sort of disarms his critics or avoids answering a question is to just immediately get into media criticism. And we could easily see that tactic deployed over and over again during this debate. Yeah, absolutely. I think I'd be surprised if it wasn't. All right. Really looking forward to seeing what happens on Tuesday. Aren't we all? (laughs) Get your bingo cards ready. uh, (laughs) Gabby, thank you so much for joining us to talk about Trump's debate prep. Thanks so much for having me. All right. That's our show. Our producer this week is Adrian Hurst. Our senior producer is Jenny Ament. And our executive producer is Irene Noguchi. Our illustrator is Bill Cookman. Subscribe to Nerdcast wherever you listen. And leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you like what you hear... Check out some of Politico's other podcasts. There's Politico Dispatch, Politico Energy, Pulse Check, and that's just to name a few. We'll talk to you again next week. Thank you so much for listening.